It is, it's me, it's TRG, the Ramblin' Gambler, and this is my Casino Combat Podcast. Don't forget, on this podcast, we spell combat with a K. Welcome, everybody. Really glad you're listening. Really appreciate it. We are going to dive right in. But first, ladies and gentlemen, non-binary persons, children of all ages and persuasions who are of legal age, this podcast discusses gambling and casinos. Gambling is a morally questionable life choice. Do not gamble with money you cannot afford to lose. Do not gamble with money you need to pay your bills. My past performances are not indicative of anyone's future results, including my own. If you have a gambling problem, contact your local problem gambling hotline. If you do not know the phone number for your local problem gambling hotline, send an email to help at casinocombat.com. We will find that phone number. We will make sure you have that phone number. Everything I'm going to share with you in this podcast is based in fact. Names and dates have been altered to protect the innocent and the guilty. Minor items unrelated to outcomes may be omitted in the interest of brevity and clarity. <sighs> now that we have that out of the way, as I said, I am the Ramblin' Gambler. I'm going to hold off on my origin story until some future episode. But I have been involved with casinos and casino gambling for many decades. I'm not a wealthy person. I wasn't a wealthy person when I started. And what I mean by that is, I'm not the guy at the casino throwing around $1,000 tips, not concerned if he wins or loses, just trying to have a good time. Um, I'm not the guy with a line of casino credit that just goes and takes a whole bunch of chips out, does what he wants to do. What I have done over the years is develop a set of techniques that I apply to casinos and gambling, and in the process, I live a casino lifestyle and profit from that lifestyle financially. I do this without living in Las Vegas or Atlantic City, although I also do this so that I can visit those places on the cheap. People often remark that I have a unique approach to gambling and casinos. So a podcast in the middle of a pandemic with almost all of North America in lockdown. And most of the legal casinos are closed. Yes, (laughs) that's what we're going to do, or that's what I'm going to try to do. Because my part of the world my part of North America is is getting ready to open a lot, up a little bit more. Casinos are my side hustle, something I do in addition to my real job to pick up extra cash and to re- reduce my expenses. And I managed to have fun and do some pretty neat things in the process. Back in February and March, I was really rolling. I was in a nice, long profit streak. And all of a sudden, on Friday night, An hour after I left the casino, the orders come down and the casino is locked. And I've been doing my homework and I've been doing my research and I've been watching just a couple places where things have opened up and it's pretty clear that that my business as usual isn't isn't gonna cut it when things open back up. So I'm gonna redo what I do from scratch. Maybe not completely from scratch, I mean, I know some people, I've got some relationships, but basically I'm starting over from the ground up and I figured why not launch this podcast and I'm going to show all of you step by step, piece by piece, what I do, how I do it, the techniques that I use so that you can follow along. And maybe you take a little of this, maybe you're new and you take all of it, maybe it's just some minor modifications to what you already do, but that's what I intend. Um, obviously there's also the possibility that this first episode may be the last episode or I have to pivot and do something really different if things shut down again. So 
We're going to do several segments today, and our first segment is Casino Combat Core Concepts. Casino combat is a strategy for winning against the casino. But not so much in the war sense. Um, the, the combat's just for alliteration and you gotta put a brand on something, right? But more like in an am amateur wrestling sense. I don't wanna destroy casinos. I don't wanna defeat casinos. I need casinos, I enjoy casinos. But here's the great thing. If you understand my approach and put it into play, you can exploit casinos and they will be a willing partner in the entire process. And that's honestly what I love about casinos. Um, if you go into a casino and play $50 a hand Baccarat and you win $10,000 worth of chips and you take those chips to the cage, what happens? Okay, I'll tell you what happens. They're gonna ask if you would like your money in cash or a cashier's check or if you would like to leave all or some of it on account for future visits to the casino. And if you say cash, they're gonna count 10,000 in cash, they're gonna have a machine counted, they're gonna count it for you, they're gonna hand it to you, and they're gonna say, would you like security to, to take you to your car? No one's gonna be angry, no one's gonna be upset, no one's gonna meet you in the parking lot, try to get their money back. In fact, in a short period of time, you're going to start getting stuff in the mail. Offers of meals, maybe free concert tickets, free money to come back and gamble with, maybe a hotel stay. And they will do this over and over and over and over as long as you are not cheating. And if you happen to win $100,000, this changes in only one way. If you tell them that you would like the cash, they will count it all out the same way, count it for you the same way, and then give you a free briefcase to use to carry your money in. And I know this because I've done the 10K thing, um, Baccarat, I mean not Baccarat, but Blackjack, but I've done the 10K thing, done it more than once, um, and I've seen the 100K thing done, and honestly, it was a pretty nice briefcase. Look, so here's the process in a nutshell. These are the core concepts. These are the, the techniques that I'm gonna illustrate over the next few episodes and that you can use as they benefit you. So here we go. Learn to play a casino game that has a minimum house advantage. Learn a betting strategy that includes both progressive and regressive concepts. Have money, a bankroll of money that you can afford to lose and that is large enough for the bets that you've decided you're going to make. Get a player's card from the casino. Here's the tricky part. Play your game of choice until you have won a set amount that is small and manageable. Maybe use 150 to win 150 and then leave. If you lose two-thirds of what you started with, leave. Come back in a day or two and repeat the process. Does that not sound like enough? 150 isn't worth your time. Okay, it might not be, I don't know your bank. But suppose, just suppose, that you go to a casino four times a week, and on three visits you win 150, and on the fourth you lose 100. Over the course of a year, you will profit $18,200. 
And again, maybe that's a lot to you. Maybe that's nothing to you. And none of that matters. If winning 150 isn't enough, just add a zero to all the numbers. And the whole thing still works. This has nothing to do about the numbers, folks. The numbers are an illustration. And here's the better part to all this. The casino will start giving you gifts, meals, money to gamble with, hotel rooms, ticket to music and sporting events. They will assign you a host who will be your personal concierge if you need something from the casino. And it's here that we see the final part of the casino combat approach to casino life. And I'm going to show it to you with an example. This happened um, over the course of a month a few years ago. It's got a neat little twist at the end, but I want to tell you that there's nothing really unique about this month. This month wasn't special or crazy. My winnings or losing the month before were nothing out of the ordinary, or at least out of the ordinary for me. So let's take a look at this month. Over the course of the month, the casino treated Mrs. TRG and I to five meals, mostly brunches. They provided us with a variety of deeply discounted craft cocktails prepared by bartenders who literally developed specific drinks for both my wife and I that were unique to us. They even named one of them the TRG Teeny because other people started ordering it. They gave me four minor gifts, each with a retail value of roughly $30. They gave me four $20 state scratch-off lottery tickets. They gave me a watch worth $100 retail. Now, I gambled and had fun for plenty of hours over the course of the month. And at the end of the month, I had lost and spent $200. And the fact that I'm not saying lost, that I'm saying lost and spent is important. And it's also true because I really don't know if I lost it or spent it, and I really don't care. You see, at least me, I walk in and I tip the guy who parks the car, and I'm gonna tip the guy who brings the car back when I leave. You pay for the drinks because my state requires it. You tip for the meals, even though they're free. You tip the person that hands you a bottle of water at the blackjack table. The reality is that I probably tipped and spent more than $200 during the month, and I won part of that back with the gambling. But bottom line, my casino pocket, yes, keep that separate from your real pocket, and keep that separate from your real money, my casino pocket, my bankroll, if you will, had $200 less than when I started. I lost for the month. I was a loser. And I wasn't really concerned. I had won more than that the, the month before. But just take this month, take it at face value, who won and who lost really? Did I lose? If I had bought the meals, the drinks, the gifts, and the lottery tickets at my local mall, I'd have been out a lot more than $200 and I'd have had less fun. So I say I won, I say I beat the casino. Even in pure dollars and cents on value, I beat the casino. Yeah, I got a little less in my pocket. But here's the kicker. A few days into the next month, I get a call from my casino host, and she wants to know if in three weeks, Mrs. TRG and I would like to fly out to another one of their properties, stay for free, they're paying for the airfare, they're paying for some meals, they're paying for all the drinks, they're paying for the transportation to various places to and from, and they're gonna provide tickets and transportation to see my local baseball team play a division rival. So I'm going to ask you again. I lost and spent 
who won the month. But, but, TRG, hold it. That's a lot to take in. I don't know how to do any of that. I understand that. Look, guys, each of the items in the core concepts deserves a podcast of its own. And it's going to get one. And then I promise you, if you stick with me, I'm going to break down all those individual items in detail for you. I've done this for over 30 years. I've been learning all the way. I've been doing this this way for more than a decade, and I'm still learning. You're not going to get all of this in one podcast. Or if you do, I've got to sit here and talk for a very, very, very long time, and you've got to listen and pay attention for a very, very, very long time. So I'm going to pull it down into bite-sized pieces. It's a pandemic. We've got time. At least I have time. More importantly, this pandemic is going to give me an opportunity to redo what I do, and it's going to let you see me do it, or at least hear about me doing it, as it goes along. Our next segment today is A Moment of Casino Wisdom. define casino wisdom as knowledge plus experience put into action all related to a casino of course and where casino combat is big picture strategy casino wisdom is small picture tactics that we employ as we're conducting the other techniques I talked to you about and I coined this phrase when I was talking to my good friend Gabriel he was leaving the casino and Gabriel and I talk all the time about how things have gone we give each other pointers we compare notes he's an invaluable part of what I do I'm hopeful that at some point in the future he can be a guest and you all get to meet him so Gabriel had just been in almost literal literal combat with the casino he'd struggled for hours at the blackjack table and every time he'd almost lose his original buy-in He'd come part way back, only to lose back down and almost be out, but then to start to come back. And this went on for hours and hours. Eventually, a few things all happened at the right time. Right at the end of a shoe of blackjack, he catches a few hands that all kind of work his way. A split, a double, a blackjack, and as the shoe ends, he counts up and he has a $10 problem. Profit, not a problem. Profits are never a problem. Um, he's got a $10 profit and he's leaving because in his mind this was as good as it was going to get on that day Um, and my response was good for you that's wisdom and that's where the phrase casino wisdom comes from Gabriel's a good player he knows his game he plays well Um, he knows from experience that down several hundred multiple times over the course of multiple hours and leaving with a small profit is a victory. Gabriel used knowledge of the game and his experience to know it was time to leave even though he was unhappy with the amount of money he made. It's a minor example. I've got many many others to share with you over time. In fact, let's just call this casino wisdom number one. Um, But I wanted to include a moment of casino wisdom and the origin of that term in my first podcast. In our next segment, 
we've been talking about gambling a, a good bit. So the next segment, we're going to talk about rambling. We're going to talk about traveling. As I told you, my part of North America is starting to, to open up a little bit. And my local casino isn't opening yet. But sadly, if, if I'm being honest, ever since it stopped being part of a national brand a few years ago, the experience has been going downhill. It's been convenient. I have a lot of friends there. But there are better choices, and they're not that far away. So a couple weeks ago, I hear on the news that the governor of a nearby state is going to allow his casinos to open next Friday. And there's one casino in that state about two hours away where I used to be a weekly regular. Um, I was at the top of their reward system, free rooms, free food, concert and MMA tickets, several hundred a month in match play, which is basically free money if you know how to use it. And I haven't been there in years. They don't know me anymore. I have um, no stroke, if you will. But right away when I heard this, I checked their website, and the cancellation policy is un unchanged from what I knew years ago. You can cancel by 3 p.m. the day of arrival, and there's no penalty. And I've been watching casinos open up around the country, the first few that have, have, that have, and basically within a few hours, all the rooms in the hotel sell out. So... I make a full price reservation for Friday and Saturday night, and I know I can cancel them right away at any time. If we decide we're not going, if Corona gets worse, if whatever, we can cancel. It's a no harm, no foul. Um, and the reason I did this is that, as I said, I was watching those other casinos open up, and they have a limited capacity in the casino. Well, if you're reserving a hotel room you go into the casino ahead of somebody that's in line but doesn't have a hotel reservation. So I've locked us in, sort of. Um, look, I can't tell you for sure we're gonna go, but we want to. But all we said to each other at this point is that you know, over breakfast Friday morning, we'll decide if we're going or if we're canceling. And we're also open, since we really haven't gone anywhere or done anything, to simply driving down, sitting in our car, looking at the line and deciding we don't like what we see and leaving. Or going as far as the lobby and deciding it looks like a hot mess and we'll leave. And we're even good with checking into the hotel room, going down to the casino floor, deciding it doesn't feel safe, and retreating right back to our room, watching a pay-per-view, eating the food that we brought with us, and at least we got out of the house. So some flexibility if I end up telling you that we went and didn't actually gamble or anything could happen, folks. Anything could really happen. Um, <coughs> excuse me. But I have multiple goals for this trip. The first one, get out of the house. The next one, see how safe or unsafe a casino seems in the middle of a pandemic and find out if what I do still works. Because if what I do doesn't work, then there's really no point whether it's safe or not. And if it is safe and it will work, then I want to start building that relationship with the casino back up. Back up to what I had it at a few years ago. Um, 
And the reason I want to do that is that in a few months, then the free stuff will start rolling in. It's going to take a little while. I'm going to have to reintroduce myself, so to speak. Um, but ultimately, I showed you in the, the casino combat segment with a K, don't forget. Um, ultimately, even if we lose the month, the free stuff is, is where we can make things up. And so that's what I'm going to try to get started. Hopefully the next episode, I'll have a trip report for you and we can find out how my goals turned out. For the final segment of my first episode, I want to invite you to the VIP lounge. Oh, a little bit of the bubbly. So when I'm in a casino, one of the things I like to do is sit around in the VIP lounge and swap stories with people. I like hearing about their successes, the failures that they're willing to share, and I like learning from them how they approach casinos. Um, everybody's different. For some, it's just a party place. They come, they drink, they have fun, they lose, they don't care, they'll come back next week and do it again. Um, for other people, it's that quick stop after work. They have a beer, they drop 20 bucks in a slot machine. If they win, great. If they lose, fine. It's just that quick little thing. And obviously you get everything in between, which is, you know, what I like because basically anybody can wander into a VIP lounge at any time and things can go in almost any direction. So if you've got a beverage of choice, pour one for yourself, pretend we're sitting in some great lounge someplace and we're telling stories and we're making, we're becoming friends and we're having a few sips. Um, and the story I'm going to share with you today, and that I would share with you if we were sitting somewhere together, is that many years ago, I made my second ever uh, trip to Las Vegas. And this was about the time that um, Las Vegas was changed forever because the Mirage Mega Resort opened, and they had this really cool um, uh, volcano exploding outside, and that really started the, the family-friendly era of the Strip with the roller coasters and the amusement parks and, and all of that kind of thing. So during the day, Mrs. TRG is enjoying the pool, and I'm just kind of going from casino to casino down the Strip, gambling a little bit here, trying to leave with a little, little win, gambling a little bit there. If I'm losing, get out. Um, and eventually I come to this small, and I mean really, really small, um, two blackjack tables, a craps table, and some slot machines, small. Oh, wait, there was a snack bar on a little balcony on the second floor. Um, so they're offering a single deck handheld blackjack game with a $2 minimum. And a lot of the strip at that point was five. Some of the strip at that point was all the way up to 10. So I'm more than happy to sit down for an hour or two before I'm meeting Mrs. TRG for dinner and play some $2 blackjack hands. And after the first couple hands, I realize their game's flawed. Their game's not just flawed, their game's broken, and their game is broken in a way I can take advantage of. See, the house wanted, I think, to make as much money as they could with the limited space they had. So they have eight betting spots, eight, eight spots, folks, on the table to get the most out of it. Now most hit tables at the time had six spots. Add into that that the limits are low, lower than anywhere else on the strip, lower than across the street, 
lower than next door, this table's going to be full until the wee hours of the morning. So there's eight spots and there's 52 cards and the pattern quickly becomes apparent because of the number of cards in the deck and the relatively large number of spots on the table the pattern's always going to be the same. Dealer's going to shuffle, all the players are going to play two hands, we're going to be out of cards, the dealer's going to shuffle again, and the whole thing's going to repeat. You don't even need to count cards to exploit this, folks. There are 16 10 value cards in a 52 card deck, and there are four aces. After the shuffle, bet $2. If you see few or no aces and very few 10s, Press your bet up to something larger on the second hand and repeat. So I did. I bet $2. A bunch of 10s and aces came out. So I bet $2 again. The dealer shuffled. I bet $2. No 10s and aces came out. I bet $15. After about an hour, I knew that I was on to something. So I meet Mrs. TRG and we go to dinner and over dinner, I'm explaining to my wife who is just at that point starting to learn to play blackjack, how this table worked. And I further told her she didn't really need to understand any of it at all in any way, shape, or form. All she had to do was, when the cards were shuffled, bet $2. And then whatever I did with my next bet, she matches it. And if she has a problem and doesn't know how to play a hand, she can just ask and nobody will care. So we played for hours and hours and hours and hours. We bought in for a total of $60, $30 each, and we walked out with over $1,200. This was our first win, our first big win. Well, a big win for us at least. A big win for three kids, for two kids. <laughs> a big win for two kids in the early 90s. And so we ordered room service, which seemed like a huge extravagance to us time. We count the money over and over, kind of a, a pinch me is it real moment. Uh, that casino is still there. It's a lot bigger now. It has a hotel tower. It has a few restaurants instead of the little snack bar. And they don't run that game anymore. And I often wonder if that's because I showed them that their game was broken and beatable. I doubt it. And in the end, it doesn't matter. And it doesn't matter why that game isn't there anymore. But it makes a great story to share with new friends. Look, I want to tell you, I know a great deal about casinos. And at the same time, I know I don't know everything. I'm literally trying to learn something new every day. And if you know something I don't know, I'm more than happy to learn from you. If you've got an idea or a concept, send an email to what I do at casinocombat.com. Don't forget, there's a K in combat. I'll take a look. Maybe we can have a conversation you can even come on the show and teach people if, if you've got something and you're willing to come teach others. Um, so that's it, folks. That's the first episode of the Casino Combat Podcast. I'm grateful that you took the time to listen. I'd be thrilled if you enjoyed it and decided to like, subscribe, and share. But I also understand that you may think I'm a complete idiot spouting total garbage. And if that's the case, I think you have an obligation. I think you should share this with your friends so that they can subscribe and find out for themselves that I'm an idiot spouting total garbage. You could even have a party to find the various garbages that I spout and make it a drinking game. Every time I say something stupid, take a sip or a shot. 
trust me, as long as you're listening, my feelings won't be hurt. I have spoken. All the information presented here is true from a certain point of view. I'm leaving. I hope you understand. I was born a rambling man.